Welcome to the Sports Squire Podcast, a platform engineered specifically for you to deliver content relative to the fields of training, performance, and rehabilitation. Challenge the status quo and raise your game through changing your mindset and your action. As you embark on your journey as a sports squire, subscribe to the show to get real-time updates to new episodes. Don't miss an opportunity to apply what you've learned today. Explore, engage, learn, implement, benefit. This is the way of the Sports Squire. Welcome to Sports Squire Radio. I'm your host, Brad Howe. I'm a former collegiate athlete, exercise enthusiast, and physical therapist in the realm of orthopedics and sports rehab over the last decade. Episode 40, Raising Awareness and Sharing Resources for Support for Those with Spasmodic Dysphonia with Steve Howe. This week's episode is piggybacked off the interview I did with my big brother, Steve Howe, last week on last Thursday's Sports Squire episode. It was one of, of hope, um, one that's a, a cause that is, is very personal to, to Steve and to also you know every single uh, member in our family, and I know a lot of friends and loved ones who have reached out and have appreciated Steve's uh, message. And this specific segment today uh, is edited specifically for those out there dealing with spasmodic dysphonia who are searching for resources and have limited places to find an organized approach uh, to things that can help. And Steve, being one that's been through it firsthand, uh, offered up resources that are in the show notes. You can go and reference uh, certain click links uh, that will take you to certain sites of different programs that he has been involved in that have helped him along his journey with dealing with uh, losing his voice and struggling and straining through that voice, but also helping him to find his voice and uh, find ways to to help improve tone and stress and and overall wellness. So for the for the matter of fact, I hope you guys that are out there listening that tune in that do have this disorder, um, you know, we'd love to 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 help you out. Um, you can always shoot me an email at bradhowelldpt at gmail if. You know, you're looking to, to link up uh, with someone that is going through this. I'm sure Steve uh, would be more than happy to, to lend an ear and, and to give resources for anyone that's specifically involved that's listening out there. So without further ado, I am going to play the specific back end of last week's interview that gives a little bit more specifics to what Steve went through and also some resources uh, of hope that can help support all of you that are going through this neurological disorder. You know, what I want to want to really piggyback on is is really, you know, several years ago, I know this is where, you know, frustration kind of came out. And I remember a very specific conversation that I had with you. And I'm like, hey, man, what's going on with your voice? Like, everything okay? Like, you know, you, you sound like, like things are cracking up. And, uh, you know, it, it, it sometimes, you know, made it sound like, um, you know, something was wrong, right? Like, you know, when you can kind of tell when there's something, someone's voice, like, hey, man, do you need to talk about something? And I just remember you being, uh, you know, a little defensive during the time and saying, man, like, I don't know, I'm probably stressed, you know? And then we fast forward, you know, a few years later, and you've actually been diagnosed with spasmodic dysphonia. And um, can you just speak a little bit about the mental uh, toll that this diagnosis has had on you over the last several years, um, you know, kind of maybe not seeking, you know, professional and medical help early enough, you know, what that kind of led you to and just, just kind of some of the experiences. um, And and, and I guess to, to kind of summarize, like talking about where you were at, where you got to and where you're at now, which is just a completely different spot. I would say that it's more of an advocate, uh, you know, for supporting, you know, individuals that have this challenge. And uh, again, this is another another pivot that, that you've done in your life, man. And uh, the whole point of this podcast is really to highlight you and to, to go from, you know, being a young athlete to, you know, having... Uh, the talent to to go do whatever you want to do, man. I mean, I I think in the right situation, the right circumstances, there's no doubt your arm was talented enough and your head was talented enough to play in the NFL. And I saw it for myself. I mean, I saw when you used to line up Coke cans on the uh, you know field goal post at Southport High School and just you know 
talk trash to somebody and throw it from the 50 yard line and just smoke three in a row. And it, it was just, uh, you know, unbelievable to see that. But then you, you pivot into acting, you teach yourself that. And then you go to LA and then, you know, you get so close so many times to these big roles, um, you know, that these Marvel movies and, and things that you're just like the, the last person to the lead role that's, that's not chosen and the defeat and, and all of that. And, then you get to the point where you start to lose those vocal cords. And again, uh, you know, there's a point within, you know, your livelihood where you're forced at another fork in the road where uh, your personal identity is wrapped up in acting, right? Um, and I think that really led you, me being, I, I'd, I'd say, I mean, we're best friends, right? We've been forever. Um, it, it led you down a pathway that really s- sought a higher level. Um, and you know, you are one that is not ashamed to, you know, share your faith in Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, I know Rohini is the same way. And, um, I really think the Lord has just placed his his spirit on you and he's given you a heart transplant because the things that you're doing now are to glorify him and the pivots that have happened, um, I'm not saying any of this is causal because of that, right? We don't we don't know why things happen to us in life. Life's not fair and people don't act right. If you can repeat that to yourself, like it, it maybe helps you sleep a little bit better at night. But knowing that this is another pivot where you started to struggle and strain to get words out physically out of your vocal cords, st- start back at that experience and kind of you know, ramp us up to where you're at now and, and kind of, you know, what you want to kind of tell to people out there who may be, you know, suffering from similar experiences. Yeah. I think that, um, the first thing to say is like, there's hope, right? There's, there's treatment for this. There's non, um, invasive treatment for this that takes, longer to figure out but um there is hope and i say that like you know you hear a lot like hope is not a strategy right cool true makes sense but have you considered that hope is the aim and you need a strategy to be hopeful and i think people just like kind of grab these things and say Hope isn't a strategy. Yeah, that's totally good, man. Like, I, I agree with you. But what do you have hope? Are are you looking to have it at any point, right? And I bring that up because I started to work like diligently on my voice as an actor because I'd worked with probably one of the greatest acting coaches that's ever lived uh, in Larry Moss. And he said to me, Steve, if you give a performance the way that you gave in moments today, and if you work on your voice, I promise you that I'll see you on stage like New York theater. And I'll come backstage and, and thank you. So I committed myself to start working on my voice. And I have recordings because I would do, I would record the um, instructions from like my coaches of what I had to do. So if it was written out, I would record it, play it for myself so I could hear the instruction and wouldn't have to read it. And then I'd give myself time to do the exercises in between and then move on, right? So I have recordings of my voice like being deep and rich and like starting to have like real vibrance and this was in um and I'd, I'd worked on that for a significant period of time and then february ish to summer ish of 2017 i remember being at a friend's birthday party and i was at pool poolside and there was music playing and all of a sudden i was like hey yeah like ah! and i was like man like i was like are you i would tell people like does my voice sound weird? Like, you know, like, yeah, you just sound a little strained. I'm like, yeah, I must, must be losing my voice. 
So I just figured, you know, okay, I, I lost my voice a few months later and couldn't speak. Um, funny enough, I had an audition the same day that I lost my voice, so I couldn't go in for that. Um, and I just, you know, figured, okay, I'll get it back. And it came back. And then, like, I, I finally found, like, the type of acting that I wanted to do, which was based in movement, based in imagery, based in working in place, working on my voice. And I'd gotten to a point in my career where, like you said, I was auditioning for some pretty major roles, stuff you see on TV and in film. Like, I was auditioning for, for that stuff. Um, and out of nowhere, like... I, I remember going to class and I was really excited about doing this George Bernard Shaw play and I couldn't get my voice out. And my, my coach stopped and said, Hey, like, it seems like you're struggling with your voice. And somebody was like, one of the students, like, so you, you get into these classes where sometimes they let the students give feedback and sometimes they don't. And in this particular instance, someone had said like, yeah, it sounds like your voice, like you're, you're trying to say something, but it's like stuck in the back of your throat. And I'm gonna be like, yeah, no shit. Like, thanks, <laughs> Captain Obvious. Like, how about you just like say something that's helpful? Right. Like, hey, like we're here for you. Like, this may be hard. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, that's just me being uh, frustrated. So, like, men- mentally, it was it was a struggle because, you know, to that point, it was just like, oh, like maybe I'm just stressed out because that's what people would say. Hey, like you need to calm down. And you, you need to, to do your voice exercises. And like, so it's Brad, like I literally started doing voice exercises, yoga, um, Alexander active rest technique for anybody who knows that it's a, like a kind of a body awareness meditation, if you will. Um, but it's, it was really successful in helping people to get their voices back who lost them as well, because it helps to reprogram your, your nervous system. So I was literally doing this all day. I changed my diet, stopped drinking coffee, drank more water, and cut out like eating meat. I, I went as like a vegetarian, stopped eating dairy, uh, avoided gluten as much as I could, um, tried to sleep as much as I could, quit my job. Um, at the time, I was bartending to support my acting career, and I just said, you know what? Like, I'm not going to work through the nights anymore. Like. One, it's like not super healthy for your marriage when you're, you know, ships in the night, like you need to see each other. And, you know, two, like I just figured, well, on top of that, like I probably haven't had a good night's sleep in six years, right? Right. So my, my point in saying all that is like when, when you think it's just like, yeah, like we all deal with stress, right? And that, that's not me downplaying the reality that, some people like get really stressed out and lose their voice. That's a reality too. Yeah. For me, it was just like I had this condition and to the best of my knowledge, it was just me being a stressed out actor who was trying too hard. Yeah. And I blamed it on me, right? Right. And well, and and listening to you tell the story and knowing you like all, all the things that you did, like you, you tried to work your way out of that, right? You, you have that mentality that you will do absolutely whatever it takes. And you've always been that way. And that's why you've been able to pivot successfully. But I think, you know, as an outsider looking in as well, you know, sometimes there's a vicious cycle with anxiety where there's a root source that uh, maybe causing that anxiety, right? And for you, it was your it was your vocal cords, and but yet you had you were caught in this crazy vicious cycle where you thought you you couldn't tell what was coming, you know, the source or the the outcome because you were anxious about it and you were putting activity in there. You were trying to get a different result and you weren't right. So when you're anxious all the time, you just chalk it up to saying, "Hey, I'm anxious," and you know, I'm stressed out. I'm trying too hard because I'm changing everything about um, that, that all the experts say that I can change to help improve my voice and it didn't improve. So, So at what point did you start to realize that there was something seriously wrong? Yeah, well, 
you know, you bring up a good point about anxiety. Like when you have enough people, like one that are close to you saying, what's, what's wrong with your voice? Like I would talk to people I hadn't talked to in six months and they'd say, Hey, what's wrong with your voice? Right. And you're like, Oh God, like, okay. Or your family members, like what's like you, you, you know, you called and said, Hey, like, it sounds like something's wrong. Like, do you need help? And it's like, no, like, I just sound this way. It just, like, got to the point where, uh, you know, it was stressful. And I believe, like, I started seeing, like, moments where, like, I would go into, like, meetings for auditions. And I'd be completely fine. So, like, just kind of getting feedback data from myself. I'm thinking, like, okay, it is psychological because I can do it. If I can do it here. Yeah, at that time, yeah. Here, yeah. Why can't I do it here? Like, why right. can't I like talk to my wife? Right? Mm-hmm. Why? Why can I go into an audition? That what? Like, and, and have a voice, but then come home and not be able to like, like I would literally have to be like, ah, what? Is, and it was like hard to communicate between Rohini and I because she was probably thinking, like, gosh, like this guy's like super frustrated and angry all the time because he has to like you know, raise his voice to be able to say something. And like, it's like, no, like it's not the case actually. And, um, it took a lot of like over communicating, which she has been, you know, I have to say, she's been like the most gracious person in the midst of all of this, because we've had to work through how to like really communicate. Right. And I had to learn how to change my tone. I had to learn how to be even more, patient and what's crazy is like i was asking her to listen to me more and hear me more and really what needed to also happen was i had to learn how to be a better listener as well yeah right so um fast forward we moved to uh, new york and got really good health insurance Uh, our health insurance before that was you know average like we could go see the doctor and it was good. But uh, once we moved here, like it was really good. So I was able to see um, specialists, right? And I actually, Jenny, our sister, she's, uh, she's a doctor. And I asked her, hey, like I know you've spent time in New York in uh, the medical community. Could you, you know, reach out to some of your contacts specifically who might know somebody around vocal disorders? And she did, and she, her friend at NYU who runs the emergency and trauma center there, recommend recommended Dr. Milana Amin, and um, I went to see him. And um, how this works is like, you go in initially, and he sees you, and you get a laryngoscopy, which is essentially like a camera with a light on it. That's a long like recorder goes up your nose and then down your throat to be able to see what's going on. And while you have this down your throat, they ask you to make certain sounds and, and say them and they record what your vocal cords do. After that, you go meet with a speech pathologist and you read like a certain grouping of words because it kind of gives them an idea as to what area of issue you'll have. Right. So, they tell me, hey, like, we can't be for sure because we have to put you through several months of speech pathology because potentially it could be muscle tension dysphonia, which essentially means it's just like you have strain. Um, you need to work on your posture. You have to work on learning to speak uh, again. And she said, the speech pathologist, uh, Shirley Gerson, said, hey, like, we're going to need to work together for a period of months to be able to, like, even get to a point where we can diagnose you. So we did that. And, um, you know, just doing exercises, like basically learning how to speak again, mm-hmm. learning how to engage my full, like vocal range and tonality. Um, and there's moments where I helped, but Brad, I was spending some days I would literally spend four and a half hours just doing exercises for my voice. And I don't mean like vocal, like woo kind of stuff, but I mean like yoga. Uh, I took a 
Linklater class where it was all about just like releasing tension mm-hmm. and the minutiae of tension within like to be able to allow yourself to get to a point where your proprioceptive muscles are uh, involved because you're allowing your emotions to touch that. And for anybody who doesn't know about proprioceptive muscles, proprioceptive muscles cannot be uh, engaged. So you can't like pick up a weight and engage them like you would doing a a bicep curl. They are muscles that um, don't, don't, they're involuntary. Involuntary. Yeah. So you don't have the ability to move them, right? But they can be emo- they can be influenced by emotion and imagery through the Linklater technique, and that's why I took the class. So, um, yeah. So it turned out that like, hey, like it was helpful for a little bit, but like I just wasn't seeing dramatic improvement. So I was diagnosed initially with mixed spasmodic dysphonia, which means that there's two types. There's abductor AB and adductor AD. So the mixed means you have both, meaning like for adductor, it sounds more like, hey, like, ah, 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 ah. and it's kind of like yeah. this really difficult, like, thing. And like, and for abductor, it's where you get a really like whispery, your vocal cords just don't go together. Yeah. Right. So, um, mentality wise why why let's go back to like fear right this is a moment where you should not google what does it mean if what are potential issues that you have if your vocal cords stop working yeah what causes spasmodic dysphonia one they don't know two it's a result potentially of having um multiple sclerosis yeah. And Parkinson's disease. So I'm even like emotional saying it because I can remember reading that and like going from my appointment to, I couldn't call Rohini cause I was too emotional. Sure. And, and meeting her in the park in Tribeca and just saying, Hey, like, I don't believe this is like going to be true over my life, but I'm scared. Like, yeah. Because like, I don't know what like our life's going to look like potentially in the next 10 years if this happens, right? So what happens next? Uh, I lose my job in the midst of COVID and we lose our insurance. I have to get supplemental insurance that doesn't cover seeing a neurologist, right? Right. Um, So in the midst of, I lose my job, I've got this potentially like scary, you know, diagnosis uh, that I need to go see a neurologist about hanging over me and I'm out of work. So like, what do we do? Like, well, we start by just like praying about it and trying to get centered because I was so off kilter. I mean, like nights of like waking up in the middle of the night, like crying, like what's my life going to look like? Am I going to be able to provide for my family? Am I going to be able to, uh, fulfill my dreams right am i going to be able to be the person that i hoped that i wanted to be in my life right yep so um that was tough man that was like march until um december of having to to deal with all of that um and thankfully i found a job and uh, I, I shout out Kyle Robbins here, who is the vice president of sales at a company called PackSafe, uh, based in Indianapolis. And um, it's actually now a part of Ironclad, which is a San Francisco Series D-based, Series D um, startup company, specifically that does uh, legal technology. And there, we've been named the number 11 fastest growing company on the Inc. 5000 our first year submitting for that. Um, why does that matter? On paper, there's no way in hell that I should have been hired for a role at PackSafe. Yeah. And Ironclad acquiring PackSafe is one of the top 10 acquisitions in Indianapolis history. We were acquired for, you know, a significant sum. Yeah. And I got to be a part of that, right? Like that just yeah. kind of shows like the blessing of that. 
but and I, I got to thank Kyle recently, um, just actually a couple weeks ago in the midst of this the transition. I I just told him I said, hey man, I just want to be a little vulnerable and say like, you know, we didn't know where rent was going to come from until you know you opened up this opportunity because I'd gone from having work to unemployment to unemployment saying, hey like the system broke down on us and did, and it completely failed us, man. Yeah. To the point where we weren't getting any unemployment. Mm-hmm. We couldn't get through to unemployment. And that's just, you know, you see God's timing, like unemployment ran out. I got a job two weeks later. Yeah. It was incredible. So why is, why is that significant? Health insurance, man. I, I got the, the most incredible health insurance and I could go see, one of the top neurologists in New York City, which means I was seeing one of the top neurologists in the world, right? So I got to see Stephen Frucht at NYU, and we went through everything. Uh, History, we did uh, motor tests, because essentially what he does is he runs the um, Center for uh, Motion Disorders. I'm getting it wrong, but motion disorders and Parkinson's movement disorders and Parkinson's. He's the head of that. And we sat down and had like a thorough one hour and a half long conversation about my history. We did testing and then I got a, um, MRI for, to see if I had multiple sclerosis, which, you know, he said, Hey, I don't think you do, but let's rule it out. We rolled it out. We found that I have actually like a uh, funky thing going on in my neck with a vein. So I had to get a CT scan, uh, which took two months to get because of uh, the way it was communicated through insurance. <laughs> like there's a whole don't other thing. Don't even get and me started, man. Yeah. I know. And and, and I, I don't bring that up to like be long-winded. I bring it up because like, guys, like I know what you're going through. If, if someone out there has spasmodic dysphonia or if you're facing um, challenges like being able to provide, right? Or you're wondering how the hell am I going to become the person I'm going to be when I have to do all this other stuff that I've never done before. And every time I try to do it, that do something that would be helpful. I get literally blocked. Yeah. Literally blocked. And I can't do anything more because the people that are supposed to be helping me can't help me any further. Yeah. Right. My point is, Take the time just to like, it's, it's the stupidest thing and I hate hearing it, but if you can find a way to exit the circumstances that are really difficult and really stressful and really real and just turn off your phone, if you can go for a walk without your phone and just literally allow yourself to, to breathe and just be with yourself. And it's okay. Like you want to hear people say, Hey, meditate clear your mind. Totally good. I I agree with that. But I think you have to get to a place where you're able to be okay clearing your mind. And I've learned to accept the fact that sometimes I didn't like myself. And sometimes um, I was pissed off and angry and like had some really, really bad things to say about myself and about my circumstances in my life. And somebody taught me that it's okay to think those things, but you need to learn to speak it out and then just hold that part of yourself. That's just an identity level version of you and you're speaking to yourself. So meaning, can you say, Steve, like you are a loser. You're a loser, man. You can't provide. You're a loser. Like, you don't have a voice. You're a loser. You don't have health insurance. You don't know. You, you don't know if you can even like, you can't fulfill your dreams. You're a loser, man. Okay. Can I say that? And then can I say, Hmm. Hey, uh, Steve, I hear you saying that. And this isn't me being like weird. This is like me saying like, there's a part of me that genuinely thinks I'm a loser. And can the, part of me that is not a loser say hey hey I, I love you man yeah and I love that part of you for being honest that you know 
you're in a tough spot and you're speaking these things over yourself. I, I love you still for that. And it's a crazy, bizarre, <sighs> kooky thing that, you know, I just started crying. Yeah. And once I started releasing that, I realized I didn't have to speak those things over my life anymore. Yeah. And I realized if those thoughts came up, I could still love myself for having those thoughts. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think that's so, the thing too, when you, when you look at even that mentality and you and I've had several long conversations around that, you, know, you talk about, um, you know, how you project yourself to yourself, right? It's just, it's, it's so important. And you even talked about like one of your, one of your favorite things to do in acting was imagery, right? And, uh, you know, part of that with, with what we do in our own lives as well is, is projecting to our future self, you know, where we want to go, which it gives hope. And when you add in that faith element to that, which I know that you've done and clearing your head, part of that is praying, you know, knowing that we don't have the solutions. Like there's just not enough finite opportunity for us to solve our own problems. Right. And, um, you know, I think, I think in in that moment, it, it allows you to project to that future self and, squander those negative thoughts that are coming in and let's just say it's 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 the evil one right you know we we have this this whole entire uh you know spiritual warfare as christians that uh is a true matter and um you know whether that you know manifests itself through uh negative self projections or anxiety or depression we've got to find ways to point back to um, community and and fellowship and that's how we were designed and I think that's the cool part between you and I's relationship as you've been going through a lot of this and and we've been able to talk through uh, you know from certain points to certain points is just being able to process that and being able to realize that like iron sharpens iron right like that's biblical and uh you know, I think that's what you're speaking to right now is that if you're out there and you're struggling, like you need, I guarantee you, if you ran across someone who had your specific disorder, good Lord, you better, you better sit down because like if Steve's going to take four and a half hours to try to fix his voice, imagine what he's going to try to do to help you out, you know, in your circumstance. And, you know, I, I think in all of those moments, you've experienced that for a reason to have this platform to be able to help others, right? And um, it's not a negative thing. And, and I think now in this in this kind of current uh, state that we're in, I love the fact that we're talking more about mental health and that there's less of a stigma around, you know, things that, you know, traditionally and historically have been labeled as making us weak individuals, you know, and... Um, you know, allowing us to get caught in this negative cycle of self, you know, projection that's not helpful and not progressive. And, you know, I just, uh, I appreciate the fact that you have been able to pivot so well with this. And, you know, we keep a calendar up in our, um, in our kitchen, mostly because I'm ADD. I'm a very visual person. I've never been diagnosed with ADD, but uh, I would assume I have just selective attention. But Carly has realized that I do much better when I can see uh, the list of the calendar up on the wall and we can kind of talk through things and I need to see it 10 times in order to process it in my brain. But one of the months had a description that says, don't stumble upon the things that are behind you. You know, mm. and it's extremely powerful when you think about that because it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you spend your whole entire life. The last time I checked, the guy that was hanging up next to Jesus Christ did not confess himself until he was on his crucifixion when when Jesus basically said, I forgive you. You know, and uh good Lord, it's never too late, you know? And uh it's never too late for us to start loving ourselves a little bit better too, you know, and, and having an opportunity to be open. And that's what I've enjoyed so much about uh, our brotherhood, our friendship. Um, I've really seen, you know, you as such a huge mentor to me, whether or not you knew you were doing this throughout the last couple of years or not, like you're, 
our conversations steered me to make some huge life changes, you know, professionally, personally, and to really reflect on like what I'm going to stand for uh, in this in this life and and what that legacy eternally is going to mean, you know, and um, it's it's out of those conversations that you know this podcast was was really spearheaded and uh, you know trying to figure out a way to channel passion. Um, so you know, in the midst of you thinking and feeling that way, you've inspired one person that you know has given me the opportunity to speak to several different people and give them a voice, man. So I, I just uh, I love everything about that. Um, but one thing that, you know, I want to kind of, you know, circle back on, you had, you know, kind of sit, you were talking about, we mentioned kind of pre-show, you know, getting practical with things, you know, you rolled out the worst case scenarios, you went to the doctor, right? Like you, you, you went in MS, all those things. And again, that goes back to like where your mind goes when you get news, you know, you, you, you have to be on the defensive. You have to think of the worst case scenario. So you're prepared for it. Um, you know, but I think the big thing, and this is hopefully a, another pivot moment, you know, I've mentioned that, you know, you've had several pivots throughout your life. Like, dude, you look at how young you are and all of the experiences that you've had up to this point in time. Like there's not too many people before the age of 40 that have been on screen, have, you know, been collegiate athletes, have been successful selling real estate. Like, it's just all of the different things that you've done have just been fascinating. Um, you know, but all of that to say, um, you've pivoted well, man. And, and and you've pivoted to this point where, um, you know, you've got this great role now at, at Ironclad, which is a, is a very great supportive company that, you know, it sounds like has the opportunity for you to really leverage your talents. And there's no doubt, like, dude, if, if you apply what you've applied up to this point in time, good Lord, dude, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be so much fun to kind of see where you progress to and, 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 and the goals that you, you, you get to. But I think most importantly, like you've gone through something where you've suffered and, um, you know, I think you'd be willing to say at, at first you probably didn't suffer well, right? Like you, you struggled and you tried to look for those and, and whether it, it was extraneous, uh, you know, reasons because of the insurance, because of specialists, because of timing of your life, you can say whatever. But now that you have what you have, I mean, the, the, the thing that's cool Nothing has changed really from when your voice started to go out. Like your voice is still the same, right? But your outlook yeah. is a hundred percent different. Yeah. So 100%. can you speak a little bit to that then? You know, on yeah. You know how maybe maybe that can help somebody who's listening. Yeah, I think that um, that's really everything you have, right? Because the the tough thing about this is that everyone's going to notice it. So whether they care about it, you'll probably never know, right? But personally, I cared about it because I was getting people who would, you know, I'd, I'd talk to people and then all of a sudden they'd come back to them and they'd have a list of doctors that I should see like, hey man, you need to get your energy cleared and like, cool, man, fuck you. Like, well, you know, what is this? Excuse my language, but like that, I, I say it in that moment because that's how it felt, man. Yeah. I felt very defensive right? because your voice is very personal, man. It's very personal. And when you have other people like tangibly like saying like, hey, like you're voice sucks man like and like yeah they're trying to help but when you're interpreting that way you can kind of see where you can depression can come in and you know kind of dark nights where you don't know where you're gonna go right yeah so what what does it mean to get out of that like for me personally it was like okay like the pandemic happened uh the voice happened like, 
but I feel healthier than I've ever been. Like I've, I, I told Rohini that, you know, we've talked about this several times, her and I, that this last year has been really difficult. But what, what we've gotten out of it um, will serve us for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. Because we've had to face challenges that, you know, we, we hope that other people, like generations to come, won't have to ever see again, right? Right. Um, and it just demands a couple of things. One, be kind to yourself and slow down, right? Take, take the time to, I think we live in an age where if we aren't getting things done fast, then, then it means that we were nobody. Yeah. And that's a lie. The reality is, it's like, if you give yourself the time to think for 30 minutes every day, just like, Hey, like. What's important? Like maybe just ask, hey, what what is important to me from a broad sense? Yeah. My relationship with Rohini, um, you know, my my voice is important. My health, uh, eating good food. I love to eat pizza. Like that's important to me. I working out is important to me, right? Yeah. And and I, I bring this up because. I started, I told Rohini a few weeks ago, I said, you know, I started living my life based on this diagnosis, right? So, like, when I lift weights, it doesn't help my voice. It makes it more difficult to speak. But I like to lift weights. Yeah. It, 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 it does something for me energetically that serves me when I go to work. I'm, I'm more present as a husband so I, I kind of told, I told Rohini this morning, I said, it feels like it's a, you know, when you're putting gold into a fire to refine it and it burns off all the stuff that, uh, you know, doesn't need to be there. And you're left with a more pure form of gold in the same way, me working out with weights burns off the energy that makes me go, Hey, uh, Brad, blah, blah, over <laughs> here, no, over here, uh, let's do this. Let's do that. And it makes me more like, okay, focused and like. I can be present, right? Right. So that's the tough thing. It's like when you make a choice, you have to choose like, hey, what's the lifestyle that I want to live? And again, it goes back to like, hey, I'm, I'm afraid. I don't know what it is, right? But then you try it and you say, oh, okay, like I know the weight of it. Am I willing to take the weight of that and live with it, right? So in my circumstance, I've decided that Hey, like, I don't want to spend four and a half hours every day working on my voice. I'd much rather whisper to my wife and enjoy drinking that first cup of coffee in the morning and being alone and thinking to myself rather than waking up, doing a yoga routine, not drinking coffee, eating no meat in my life, um, and, and then every hour doing vocal exercises. Yeah, that's not a way to live. I, yeah, and frankly, it was just like, man, like, I, I want my voice back so bad, Brad. Sure. I, I want to be able to express myself in the way that I've enjoyed so thoroughly, especially like being skilled and trained now to be able to communicate ideas and meaning to people, right? But I've learned that just being straight up, like, hey, if, if I'm concerned with it, I'm straight up with people like, hey, I've got a vocal condition. My voice doesn't work very well. So like, you'll hear it. If you can't hear me, like, or if I'm not clear, let me know. But, and then I'll just move on. But that's more for me, right? Because I'm feeling insecure. So, but I, I think, do that with but me. I think what that also does, though, is it gives you freedom as well, right? Um, 100%. You know, it gives you an opportunity to be able to let people know, and, and it does. Yes, it's getting the monkey off of your back. But the more people that know, hey, let's just face it this this is a disability, right? Like it's it's a um, not to it the is, point where it's. Not to the point where it's going to slow Steve Howell down. I'm not meaning that. You know, there's a difference, right? Yeah. Well, and, and there's, I want to say this too. There's people out there that it does slow down because, Brad, technically it's under America's, Americans with Disability Act. Spasmodic dysphonia is under that. Right. So, like, you, when you, anybody doesn't know that, like, 
look it up, man. I'm, uh, you know, I'll double check so you can put it in notes or whatever and correct me if I'm wrong. But from my research, it is a disability. And here's the other stigma. Do I say that I have a disability or not? Yeah. Do I share that with people? Sure. And it's easy to say like, hey, like don't speak that over your life 100%. I agree. My voice is coming back. But, to, you know, it's it's been important to me to tell my employer, to tell people I work with, like, hey, I do have this disability. This is very real for me. And it's difficult. Yeah. But it's not going to stop me. So, you know, being able to say like, hey, like, Brad, I have this thing with my voice. It makes me sound like this. It's tough. Um, but I just want to call it out. It helps me to feel better about me. Yeah. So then like, I don't have to worry about somebody thinking like, is he going to cry? Yeah. Why does he sound sad? What's wrong with him? I just want to clear that out because I know people have thought that. Yeah. So I do it for my own benefit, right? Right. But then too, the other side of that to continue on is like, what kind of life do you want to lead, man? Yeah. And I decided that like, hey, like I want to work out. I want to have that extra time to spend with my wife. And I've been hired at this company and like, I'd like to put an effort into growing uh, and being a good teammate and being really good at my craft at what I do there and, you know, see what comes of that, you know, and that's, that is the shift, right? It doesn't mean you have to go get like a job in tech and leave acting. It doesn't mean you have to like go get insurance immediately, like get the best insurance and pay a thousand dollars a month. All I'm saying is like, Look, look at your situation from a different standpoint. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to hold the weight of the challenges that you'll have to overcome day to day to be able to get your voice back, right? Yeah. Or is there potentially a strategic way that says like, hey, there's less chance that you're going to fully have your voice back, but can you approach people in your day-to-day life and approach the way you think and feel about things in a way that says like, yeah, this sucks and I don't like it, but how about I just work to rid myself of the anxiety that I fully have responsibility to be able to say, hey, like, this is an issue for me, or is this okay, like, to work through with you now? Some people might say no. Most people, from what I know, say, totally get it, no problem. Yep. No, it's so, um I think we, um, I'd like to leave it there and maybe we can pick this up at a later date and go into it further. But I think that this is a lot, yeah. this is a lot for people, Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot to try to share. Um, and I think this is a good place to, you know, put, put a button on this and put a pause on it for now. And, uh, if you want to come back to it, I'd be more than happy to to do that and if not like that's cool too man um my 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 hope for all of you listening and this is for people with spasmodic dysphonia is um there's hope there's ways to do this um um you know there's the vocal freedom program jim bostock based out of australia um he's a uh nerve lock specialist um, created a program and he's specifically working it from the angle of, Hey, the emotional brain, the limbic brain, um, from his work with people is starting to show promise that it helps to open up the vocal cords. The medical community say that this comes from the basal ganglia, which is the movement center and that it has nothing, nothing to do with the limbic system at all. You have to make the choice um, whether it's worth investing in that or not. Um, a second option that's non-like medical um, related in the sense of Botox injections is um, Dr. Joaquin uh, Farias, who is um, based out of Toronto and works specifically with movement disorder disorders, not just spasmodic dysphonia, but uh, other dystonias, um, and you'll see from his work, Google his work. Um, I can't remember his website, but I did his program for six months. It's fantastic. It did help. Um, 
but it, it takes a lot of grit and perseverance over, you know, six months minimum to two years or more to be able to see some results from that. Um, you know, I, I, my hat's off to them because what they're doing to help heal people is amazing. Um, there is a kind of two, two medical routes uh, to manage this. The first one is um, Botox injections. Um, I recommend not getting them from anyone. I recommend finding out who the best person is to be able to get Botox because if they miss, um, essentially what they're doing is numbing the muscles around the uh, vocal cords to kind of short circuit the uh, neuropathway there to allow like the vocal cords to reactivate again in a new way. So when they're doing this, like this is like they're injecting um, a needle into your voice box. So don't just get it from anybody because if they do go to the wrong place, one, um, you can get sick. Like if you swallow it, Botox, like it's not good for you, right? Um, two, they they'll hit, they could hit the wrong area if they're not skilled enough at doing it, and it numbs the wrong place. Three, um, depending on the type of spas spasmodic dysphonia you have, they should not be injecting both sides of your vocal cord muscles. Meaning, if you have AB doctor, they should just be doing one side and not the other. Why? Two folds to that one. You can choke. Frankly, you're going to have trouble swallowing for up to 10 days. And if they do both sides and numb that, you can imagine like you could shut your windpipe down and have some serious issues going on. So I say this because you need to be your own advocate in your medical journey. Don't trust the doctor just because they say you have something wrong and they can help you fix it with a procedure that they're, they're the expert demand that they earn your trust. I 100% believe that. And I, I, it took years for me to learn that from Rohini, my wife, because, you know, she's like, Hey, you have to speak up for yourself because otherwise they're going to, if you don't understand it, it doesn't matter if they understand it. Because if you're being injected with something and you're afraid or you don't know why it didn't work, you're going to think it's your fault, right? Yeah. But if you don't know that, well, hey, Steve has AB doctor, which is the more rare form of spasmodic dysphonia, and you can only inject into one side. Imagine people getting it on both sides and thinking, gosh, like just another way to be failed in my life. Another thing, it's failed. I have no hope now, right? So um, the, the other one that I do not advocate for is uh, nerve surgery that essentially clips the nerves on either side of the neck, replaces them to the other side, and it takes about a year to get your voice back, but you won't have the same pitch. It's worked for some people, but I mean, frankly, you can lose your voice forever. So yeah. I don't recommend that. But um, someone who's had it done is the creator of the Dilbert comics. Um, Scott Adams had that surgery done. Um, so he, he, he's an advocate for spasmodic dysphonia. I encourage you to honestly listen to his speeches, read his book. His book is incredible and very good just for, it's not about spasmodic dysphonia. It's about like actually learning to structure your life in a way that is useful to growth. So, um, that's my like, Hey, where can you go to get help? Um, Again, Jim Bostock, the Vocal Freedom Program. There's a group on Facebook that's free that you can join to check it out. Two, uh, Joaquin Farias, just Google Dr. Farias. He's in Toronto and has a program that's for all dystonias. Yep. So you can go in and work that. Three, um, you know, find the best uh, neurologist and the vet, best uh, laryng laryngologist that you can find in your area ask them very tough questions. What do you know about this? How many times have you done it? Has it been successful? What's the success rate? What am I going to need to do from a speech pathology standpoint as well? Right. And, what and also in terms of, 
and sorry to cut you off no, you're there, good. Brad, but I, I want to share this as well. Yep. That there is um, Joaquin Frias, the thing that I find interesting that he's doing is he's playing with um, different uh, waves. So you hear like gamma wave, beta wave, theta wave, delta wave meditations that people are doing. Well, that's just like brain frequency waves. And he, there's a gamma wave meditation that's like, seven minutes long and then after it's done you keep your eyes closed for 10 minutes i found that that helped me to relax more than anything that i'd done in terms of outside of like yin yoga and doing that for an hour and a half to be able to open my vocal cords um so finding practical ways simple ways in your day to um help yourself that are short between 20, 10 and 20 minutes that are practical, you can do it. What does that mean? Take a walk with yourself, turn your phone off for 10 minutes. Two, meditate for five minutes. Brad, you're an advocate of it. I'll have your podcast on it. Specifically for for uh, this, if you can find Walking Furious's gamma meditation, go for it. You have to actually work through the platform to get to it. I find it great. The other type of meditation for people who have a hard time settling in, look up active rest or constructive rest and look for an Alexander coach. Uh, with COVID and the pandemic, you can find some really amazing coaches online that will guide you through this. A couple that come to mind, um, um, Pamela LeBlanc, L-E-B-L-A-N-C, Pamela, full name. She started a program in L.A. And um, who else? And what I'll do too, Steve, is I'll, I'll put these resources in the show notes. Um, I'll link up with you so that they can yeah, have perfect. have the, uh, the reading materials and they can kind of summarize that too. I wasn't cutting you off, but I was just going to yeah. let you know that like yeah, perfect, we can yeah. we can lay all those out for them because this is such a yeah uh, with anything in life. I think if you have a resource where you're able to kind of you know they say if you want to know the road ahead of you, ask those coming back. You know, I think you're yeah. one of those that's coming back, and some of these people that uh, may be going through the initial diagnosis of this. Hopefully, this can be you know a resource for them. Um, I wasn't cutting you off, but I just wanted to highlight that. Anybody that's listening, don't panic with all the resources that Steve's saying. I'm going to put them in the show notes so you can reference them at a later time. Yeah, and I'll put everything that I am failing to remember here uh, with you as well and share. And I, I want to just like really highlight this. This is very important. Everything that I'm sharing here, if you try these programs, go in it with optimism a realistic optimism. Hey, like you're going to have to work to do this. Right. But like Brad said, get the scary stuff out of the way because I tangibly, when I, when they told me, Hey, you don't have MS. I tangibly cried. Like I found myself just in the middle of the day, three days later coming up in the elevator to my apartment. And I just started weeping because I realized that I'd been carrying this emotional weight for years. Yeah. And I was able to say, Oh, it's not this now, but I do want to say in terms of working this, none of these are foolproof solutions, guys. We're, we're working in a time where nobody knows why, how spasmodic dysphonia happens or where it comes from. They don't have a clear answer on that. Yeah. They don't know what heals it. They don't even know why the heck Botox works. Like, People will give you answers, but it's like, you're going to numb muscles around the vocal cords. Why does that work for a neurological disease and our condition? And I literally asked the neurologist that, and he had an answer for it, but it didn't make me feel like, oh, like, and again, he said, we're still figuring it out. So I say that because like the point of me giving this stuff to you guys is not to say, hey, here's a pill, take this and you're going to be fine. It's me saying, hey, this is scary. I don't know what the end's going to be for you. So I need you to find a way to aim for hope. Hope is not a strategy, but it's a willingness to pick up your fears, pick up the unknown part of this process and say, 
okay, I don't know what it is, but I'm willing to find out what the weight is, right? And I'm willing to figure out how to count the cost. And then in that journey of really giving yourself into that, you can say, what's the cost? For me, it was spending time with my wife. It was um, my acting career, right? It was, um, you know, a lot of things that I loved and didn't want to give up. It was lifting weights. It was eating cheese pizza because dairy, I love, you know, I stripped out dairy. It's eating, having that cup of coffee in the morning, right? You know, um, not over talking, like two hours and seven minutes. Right now. <laughs> this is ridiculous. People are going to be like, who, who do you think you are? Tim Ferriss? Like, no, no, it's, Joe Rogan. You're not Tim no, Ferriss. we're kidding me. This is the Howl brothers, man. I'm telling you what, those guys can go fly a kite. So uh, they're great, by the way. I, I now they are both of their podcasts. They're both, they're both wonderful. My point is to say, like, if you made it this far, thank you. Um, <laughs> ho- hopefully, Brad will split this up into multiple ones and, and give some highlights and make it easy to digestible. Definitely, maybe difficult, but thank you for sticking around, uh, Brad, and like for doing this, man. Like, you know how meaningful it is to me to and like. Frankly, guys, Brad's been trying to get me on the podcast for several months, and I've denied him because I didn't want to share my voice. Um, and I finally got into a place where it's important and um, full transparency. I'm, I'm having my first um, Botox injections on Thursday. That is Tuesday. So um, I'm going to see how it goes. And would love to – this is just kind of me saying, hey, like, here's part of the journey. Right. Um, so thanks, man, for oh, dude. creating space to do this and uh, just to be able to see you and talk through this is like super special, man. So oh, it's, it's thank amazing. You and, and just for people that are out there, like the two hour and seven minute conversation is uh, very normal for Steve and I. I mean, it's uh, it's incredible. And, uh, you know, man, I, I cherish these 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 moments and these times, man. And you know, I, not everyone is is blessed enough to have, you know, siblings that you know we love and 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 share. And um, you know, I know you know Lori and Jenny. You know, we grew up in a great family and had a great opportunity yeah, to kind of, you know, be super close. I think mom and dad were absolutely uh, crazy to have you know four kids in five and a half years, but. Man, uh, was it fun. And, uh, you know, being able to grow up so tight-knit to each other and, you know, being able to experience the good and the bad and the struggle, man, it's it's just so awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, I thank you too. You know, not all struggles that we all face, you know, are, are outwardly visible, you know, and you've been there for me, you know, several times throughout the years and, and things that I've struggled with as well. And, um, I just encourage people to, you know, just, just seek that out. You know, if you've got somebody that you trust, um, you've got, you know, someone that's in your circle, iron sharpens iron and it, it's, it's the truth. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, more importantly, um, you know, I, I, I again, want to point back to the good Lord, man, and, and just what he's done in all of our lives and, uh, what he's doing in yours. And I just continue to pray that, you know, he fills you with your Holy Spirit and that, with his Holy Spirit, excuse me, not your Holy Spirit, and uh, that you use that and, and, and you're able to, to just propel forward and continue to do great things, man. And I just look at, at the Steve Howe before the age of 40, dude, it's, it's going to be pretty exciting. And uh, I know that you're going you're gonna to do some great things uh, moving forward here. And uh, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on today. It's been a lot of fun reminiscing, you know, kind of bringing up, uh, you know, the old days in regards to sports and, and, you know, your unique journey of getting into movie and, and film and, um, you know, transitioning, you know, from LA to New York city. Um, it's kind of laughable now that you work for a company that's based out of San Francisco, by the way, it's like, good Lord, man, you might as well go work in Tokyo next or something. Go make your half trip around the world. But man, I love you. Um, extremely, uh, proud of you. You know, and I hope that this segment can give some people some hope. And uh, I certainly, uh, I don't know how we'll, we'll roll this out, but we're, we'll certainly make it digestible. For those of you that don't want to listen to the full, uh, you know, episode in its entirety, I will do a, a quick clip recap specifically around uh, just the spasmodic dysphonia piece. Uh, but I think it's important, 
you know, with any individual, and this not everybody has an opportunity to be interviewed on a podcast, but to to kind of go through this, I, I've never been on the flip side of this, but wouldn't you say it's kind of therapeutic? Oh, it's it's beautiful, man. It's it's true. I I told I told Brad before we started, like I felt like a rock star. I was like, oh, well, I'm going on a podcast today, guys. And I'm like, what? That's that's amazing, right? Um, so there's like an element of like just being really hip and like it's great like it makes you feel special because you you're front and center and, you, and like somebody wants to listen to you right and that matters um so with you know with that in mind like i think i just want to shout out to everybody who has been so supportive to me personally um first and foremost like i love you yep. thank you for you know, one, loving me the way you do, meaning like seeing the gold in me when I couldn't see it and also dealing with me when, you know, I was difficult. Um, that's not easy and that's it's a tough burden to carry, but something that you did with uh, a lot of grace and it means everything to me. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not the man that I am today without you. So thank you to um, mom and dad, Mike. It just always being willing to be open and listen and hear and help in whatever way you can, like it's incredibly meaningful um, and making the space for emotional uh, times and conversations was super important. And, you know, like raising kids that were close together and valuing the fact that like family should love each other. Um, so just uh, Jenny and uh, Mike, Brad, you and Carly, uh, Lori, you and William, thank you guys for supporting me through all this. It's been a heck of a journey. It's been a hard road, but um, I wouldn't be able to do it without you. And also just a shout out to uh, uh, Dustin DeVore, too, uh, just a friend whose family might as well be family anyway, too. Yeah. And um uh, he's been just super supportive through all of it. Um, love all you guys. Thank you, Brad Howe. Uh, appreciate you, man. Couldn't be more grateful to be your brother, man. Thank you for this. No, uh, dude, it's it's the pleasure's all been mine, man. And uh, thank you again. Again, we'll put all the the notes uh, in the in the show notes to give you guys references and sources to to what Steve talked about today. And uh, just highly encourage you all to get out and encourage someone, uh, be an advocate, you know, for anything that you may be going out and give yourself a voice. Steve, thank you for for giving others a voice and uh, certainly looking forward to having you back on, brother. Sounds good. Hey, love love you, man. man. Have a great week. You too. Later. Thank you for listening to the Sports Squire podcast. Check out the show notes for anything you missed during today's episode. Click subscribe if you haven't already to ensure you get updates on the latest Sports Squire episodes. And remember, as a Sports Squire, your greatest self is found at the intersection of knowledge and action. Don't be normal, be a Sports Squire.